Good evening, it's good to be with you and to share this time of worship together and I bring greetings from uh, the church at East Leek and uh, uh, we assure you that we pray for you regularly and thank you for for your prayers for us and for um, Steve and uh, and the family as well, particularly at this time as uh, there's so much um, that uh, is is hard for them with Francis' uh, ill health. So thank you for continuing to remember us and to pray for us. Well, if you've got a, a Bible there, please come back to... Psalm 23, and I'm going to be focusing our thoughts this evening just on the last half of the last verse, so the the closing sentence really of this psalm. So Psalm 23, verse 6, where David says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now in recent months we've heard a lot about people who have had to evacuate their homes due to different um, threats of of danger and disaster. Not many months ago there was the the danger there in um, the the town of Whaley Bridge in Derbyshire where that dam was threatening to burst and everyone in the town had to evacuate and seek safety elsewhere. Then of course recently we've been hearing so much about the terrible bushfires in Australia and um, maybe you know people in that part of Australia, as I do, a few various family members and friends in Sydney and up the east coast of Australia, and a few of them have had to evacuate their homes because the fires were coming very, very close. And if someone has had to leave their home because of the threat of danger, I'm sure they will be very glad that they're safe from harm themselves. And their hopes are that their properties will be safe. And I'm sure that what they have in their hearts is a great longing to be home again. When can I go home? This is the kind of question that they're asking. And it's a particular trauma, of course, isn't it, for those who have no home to go back to because the fire or whatever it is has taken that away. Now, I hope that none of us have been in that kind of situation ourselves, but maybe for many of you, there's been times when you've had to go into hospital, for example. And I often go and visit people in hospital, and whilst they'll often comment that the care they're getting is very good and they're thankful for that, they will very frequently say, I'm really looking forward to going home. And maybe some of you know what that feeling is like for yourselves. And then perhaps you've been away for a few days over Christmas um, as we ourselves, our family did. And it was great having time seeing the the wider family. But perhaps like me, you don't sleep so well somewhere else on a sofa bed or whatever it might be. And you're looking forward to coming home again. Because home is the place where you feel most at rest. Where you have all of your loved ones around you, all the familiar things around you. Home is a precious place. Home is where we belong. Home is where we feel safe and at ease. It's a place that we can share with those that we love. You know the saying, don't you? Home is where the heart is. And home is what David speaks of in the close of this psalm. Now as David wrote this psalm, he was reflecting upon the Lord's tender care to him throughout his life. 
He writes about how the Lord has been shepherding him through his life. He's written about times when the Lord has led him to those green pastures, times by the quiet waters where the Lord has guided him step by step through the different circumstances of his life. Even when he's had to go through the valley of the shadow of death, even then he knows that the Lord is near to him. And then he speaks about the Lord's banqueting table which richly supplies him with everything that he needs. And all of those different things that David has been speaking about in this psalm up to this point are, if you like, the journey. And that's what fills your life if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your good shepherd. You know that he's with you. You know that he blesses you in so many different ways. That's your life. That's the journey. But where are you going? Well, you're going home. And so David says at the close of this psalm, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so as we look at this closing sentence of the psalm, I'm going to give it three headings as we think about these things. Firstly, a hope-filled conclusion. So, starting with the conclusion, if you like, but then we're at the end of the psalm. And then secondly, a confident hope. And thirdly, a Christ-centred hope. So that's where we're going, and I hope you'll find these things helpful to you this evening. So firstly then, we see a hope-filled conclusion. A hope-filled conclusion. Now, for many of you, this will be a very familiar psalm. And I hope that even if you've read it dozens of times, perhaps a hundred times in your life, that you still find it refreshing to you as you read these words. Because this is a psalm of vibrant faith. It's a psalm of confidence. And it ends on this note of glorious hope. David says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now it's clear when we look at the wider Old Testament that the house of the Lord was God's tabernacle or his temple in later times. It's used to describe, this this phrase, the house of the Lord, is used to describe those places. But David, of course, never actually dwelt in the physical house of the Lord at any time. Well, he did visit the house of the Lord from time to time. And as you read through David's life, you find there are occasions when he visits, but they're just brief passing visits, just passing through. So, for example, in in 1 Samuel 21, when David, before he's become king, he's on the run from King Saul and he goes to a place called Nob. And in that place, the the tabernacle of the Lord, the shrine of the Lord, uh, seems to have been there at, at that moment. And David goes there, but it's just a brief visit. And he speaks to the priest and then he moves on. Then in 2 Samuel we see that David had the tent set up in Jerusalem where the Ark of the Covenant was then brought. 
and it had been in the house of a man called Aminadab and then it's brought there and there in Jerusalem is a place that is actually called in one part of the Old Testament the house of the Lord. It was, it was just a tent containing the Ark of the Covenant. And there are a couple of other times when we read of David going in to pray and worship there. When David receives God's great covenant promises in 2 Samuel chapter 7. He goes into the house of the Lord, to this tent where the Ark of the Covenant is, and there he's communing with God, and and God speaks to him about the desire that David has to build a, a great temple, a house for the Lord. And the Lord makes great promises to David. And then, later in David's life, after he'd fallen into that appalling, vile, catalogue of of sins, of of adultery and then murder by proxy. He goes through quite a a lengthy time where he won't acknowledge his sin. But after Nathan the prophet visits him and and points to him and says, you are the man, David's heart is broken. He's gripped with deep repentance over his sin. And we read that David went into the house of the Lord and he worshipped. But those were just brief visits. He did go into the house of the Lord, but he never dwelt there. But here, David has as his great longing, his confident hope that he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, of course, he's not talking about a tent, or even a stone temple. He's actually raising his thoughts higher than that. That's clear from the way this closing verse is written. It's clear as well from what we have in one of his other other Psalms, Psalm 27, just over the page if you have it there. And verse 4, David says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He longs to be, in other words, where God is. And then we see the meaning of that house of the Lord being expanded. And in fact, we should say that the true full meaning of the house of the Lord is being given to us in these psalms. And we see that the physical tabernacle or temple was never really what David had in mind when he spoke of the house of the Lord. The physical tabernacle or the temple was just an earthly representation of the real house of the Lord. And David's son Solomon understood this, didn't he? After he built that magnificent temple in Jerusalem and he called the people together for the dedication of that he prayed an amazing prayer and Solomon says this in his prayer this is 1 Kings uh, chapter 8 he says but will God really dwell on earth in this temple he says the heavens even the highest heaven cannot contain you how much less this temple I have built The temple was a dwelling place for God, but Solomon knew God didn't really dwell there. It was a representation 
of the place where God lived. That's the truth. Whatever physical structures people may build on earth, they're not the true house of the Lord. Because heaven is his home. Amazing, isn't it, how Solomon says, even the highest heaven can't contain God. How much less anything on earth. God dwells, Isaiah tells us, in a high and holy place. That's the true house of the Lord. Heaven in all of its eternal, infinite glory. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, In my Father's house are many rooms, and I'm going there to do what? To prepare a place for you. To make ready so that his beloved ones can go and dwell in the house of the Lord. And so this is our faith-filled certain hope. I will dwell with the Lord in heaven. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And this conclusion is reinforced by the final two words of the psalm. It says, for ever. Now the phrase is literally for the length of days. The idea is of of stretching something out, prolonging something. David is saying as long as days are stretched out and prolonged, and it clearly means forever, doesn't it? And in fact, these words here are, are paralleled with another phrase that the Old Testament often uses that means literally forever. And... It says in Psalm 21, length of days forever and ever. So there's there's no limit to the time of David's residence. That's what he's hoping for. And this psalm, of course, leaves us in no doubt that that's the meaning anyway, doesn't it? If you look at the opening half of verse 6, it speaks about all the days of my life. And then the second half is about what comes next. All the days of my life, David says, goodness and love will follow me. All the days of my life. And then what? The days of your life are going to end, David. What comes next? Is it nothingness? Is that what follows? Is it soul sleep? No. By faith and in confident hope we say with David, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm has this wonderful, hope-filled conclusion. As David has been reflecting upon his life and the way the Lord has dealt with him, and he's brought to this conclusion... And his heart is is swelling, as it were, with hope and with joy. David has this confidence. And you can have this confidence too. You can have this confidence that you also, whoever you are, however you've lived your life, that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, I'll say more about how we can have that hope in just a moment. We've seen it's a hope-filled conclusion. Now I want to say something more about the confidence of this hope. This is a confident hope. 
So where does it all begin? Why is David confident? Why can we be confident? Well, if we go from the end of the psalm to the beginning, we find out. The Lord. Those first two words of the psalm. The Lord. The psalm begins with the Lord. And any hope of heaven, any hope of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, has to start with the Lord himself. Now, heaven isn't, as many people dream, simply an unending indulgence of whatever you've enjoyed on earth. If you speak to most of the people that you might rub shoulders with at work or your neighbours or people you meet in the street and, and ask them, well, do you believe in heaven? They say, well, yeah, I hope so. What do you think heaven will be like? Then maybe you'll get answers along the lines of, well, it'll be the great golf course in the sky or... Whatever it is that they enjoy, they think it'll, it'll be that, but better and more fun. But that's a long, long way from what the Bible tells us heaven is like. Because the crucial thing is this, heaven is God's home. Heaven is where God's holiness is seen, uninhibited, if you like. You know that time when the prophet Isaiah saw the Lord in his glory and and it was the holiness of the Lord that most struck him and, and the angels that were there as well. God's holiness is seen in heaven. And that's why at the end of, of Revelation 21 as it's speaking about, about heaven it says this, nothing Impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. No one will have their name in the Lamb's book of life who is a stranger to the Lamb, to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's who it's speaking of, who is an enemy of the Lamb. But the names of his people are written there. Those who've learned of him, those who have seen their sin, those who have confessed their sin to God, those who've committed themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Those who know him. Those who know him in a personal and saving way. As the Lord Jesus said to his disciples at another time, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's speaking there of how there is this personal relationship between himself and his people. So I can ask you tonight, is this you? Are you someone who has come to know the Lord Jesus Christ personally? Are you someone who can say, the Lord is my shepherd? Not because I have worked my way into his good books, but because I have recognised that he came to lay down his life for my sins. 
that I need to have my sins washed away, that I need to be made clean, that I need to be forgiven and brought into his flock, into his family, that I need Jesus to be my saviour. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that? By grace. Well, the house of the Lord, heaven, is my shepherd's home. And he's given us his promise. He said, where I am, you shall be also. And so we can have this confident hope because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done when he came into the world to die for sinners. Now since Christ has given his promise to us like this, we effectively belong to his home already, don't we? He has said, I'm going to prepare a place where I am, you shall be also. And if he's given his promise, then then we already have a right to heaven. And that's why elsewhere in the Bible, in one of the New Testament letters, the Apostle Paul writes about how our citizenship is in heaven. We already, as it were, have the passport to enter heaven because the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us and he has given us his promise. And that's why the Apostle Paul says elsewhere in his letter to the Colossians, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You, as a Christian, living here in this world now, tonight, you already belong to heaven. You have the title deeds. And so Paul says, fix your eyes there. Think on those things. Fill your heart with the glories of heaven. And there's an added encouragement to strengthen our hope. We, if we are Christians, we have been given, as it were, a down payment on our future glory. We've already received what the Bible calls the first fruits of our everlasting joy in heaven. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says uh, in his uh, second letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 5, he says some wonderful things to encourage our hearts about heaven. He says this, 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 4. For while we're in this tent, he's talking about our physical bodies, while we're alive here, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed but clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us, note this, the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. He has given us his Spirit. Every Christian is a person in whom the Holy Spirit has taken up residence. We've been talking about dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Did you know that as a Christian, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you? The same Holy Spirit who gave you faith, who united you to the Lord Jesus Christ, who now keeps you in fellowship with your Lord, he now works in you to develop in your life 
the beautiful character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you may very often be frustrated with your lack of progress in godliness. You may feel that you're only going on in the Christian life very slowly. But he is at work in you. It's right to say that the Holy Spirit begins eternal life, the very life of heaven in us now. And there will be signs of that, faint perhaps, but truly and really he will be at work in you. Think of what is spoken of as the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and and the list of wonderful characteristics is there. And the Holy Spirit is at work in every Christian to shape your thinking, your attitudes, your way of speaking, your behaviour. He is, if you like, bringing the life and the character of heaven into your life right now. So that whilst you're here on earth with this confident hope of being in the, the house of the Lord forever, even now, something of heaven is being being brought down and worked in you even now. And what the Holy Spirit has begun, he will most certainly complete. If the Lord is your shepherd, if he's your saviour, if he's your guide, if he's your friend, then you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and you can have complete confidence because of who he is, because of what he's done and because of the promises he has given you and because even now he has begun to bring heaven into your life. We have a confident hope. Thirdly and finally, we have a Christ-centred hope. We have a Christ-centred hope. What can we look forward to when we are in the house of the Lord forever? Well, first and foremost, we look forward to the Lord himself. It is his house after all. The scriptures tell us that heaven is being with Christ which is far better than anything we have in this life. Let me read to you again from Revelation. This is from the very last chapter, chapter 22. And I'll just read you some words from verse 3 and 4, where it speaks to us of what is ahead of us in heaven. We read, The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. You will see his face. Not sure how many of you have been to my home. Maybe a couple of you have at different times. If you go to my home, you wouldn't be surprised to find me there. When we go to the house of the Lord... We will be overwhelmed with joy and thankfulness that heaven is a place where the Lord is. We've gone to his home. We've been longing to see him. 
and we get there and and there he is and I can I can picture him with his arms open wide as he says well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord and we'll see him and he'll welcome us in do you know the end of Pilgrim's Progress as he as as Christian enters into the holy city there and as it's all described in those wonderful ways and the narrator says and I looked and I wished myself there because there is a pilgrim having arrived home and he sees the king and this is what we look forward to surely surely this is our great hope that we will see his face But if we're with our shepherd, there are other things that we will find in the house of the Lord. And that will be, of course, the rest of his flock. We'll see that he has lost none of all that his father has given him. And there will be that innumerable company from every tribe and language and people and nation. And every one of them, as we are, will be perfected. So there'll be no annoying habits. There'll be no faults or failings or anything like that. But all of his flock will be gathered in, in all of their glory. And we won't be alone. We won't be feeling lonely or out on a limb because we will be with all of this flock. Every one of them. Redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of them there glorifying and praising him saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Everyone there on the same basis, with the same heart, part of the same flock, worshipping the same Lord Jesus Christ. And I've touched on this as well, but but we and all of the flock will be perfected. All trace of sin will be purged away. The Apostle John tells us in his first letter, we shall be like him, like Christ, fully conformed to his likeness. That's what God has been doing in our lives ever since our conversion, making us more and more like Jesus and that work will be completed. There's so much more I could say. There'll be no more curse, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. It will be the fullness of all the blessings that he's let us taste in this life. The fullness of all of the comforts and joys that David has written about in this psalm. Just think of what he says right at the start there. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in want. Well, we'll we'll know the fullness of that, won't we? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. The fullness and perfection of all of that. When you think of heaven, do you think of Jesus? Is it him that you are longing to see? Is it him that you're longing to be with? It is the house of the Lord. 
An old writer said this at one point, how incredibly stupid it is to look for happiness apart from that which is found near, found in drawing near to God. Stupid to look for our happiness in anything else than drawing near to God. Well, we're talking here about being in his presence, unhindered, unfettered, without a veil or anything in the house of the Lord. And in his house we will enjoy his goodness and his love for ever and ever. In his, in his house we will enjoy him for ever and ever. For the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Can you say, I will, by God's grace, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray.